0: Just a quick reminder to start your beautiful Friday morning as well as your beautiful July 4th weekend that our season-long draft guide is available for pre-order right now on bdge.co. You'll see the little products drop down. Right there for you to cop. The best way to get it, though, and the cheapest way is to go through PrizePix. Go on to prizepicks.com. We'll have the link down below that'll take you straight to the App Store. If you use BDGE when you're the first-time depositor on prize Picks, they're going to hit you with 100% deposit match. Plus, you're getting our draft guide for free. It'll come via an email directly to you from us. Check spam. If you ain't get it today, we are talking about seven late-round picks that have massive upside In fantasy football, this is not a list of if this guy gets hurt. If the guy in front of them goes down with an injury, these guys, every single backup will have massive fucking upside if the player in front of them gets hurt. We understand that. These are guys getting picked late despite having a clear path to touches, opportunity, upside, athleticism, all of it. I feel like a traffic controller. This is what this episode is going to be called, the traffic control fantasy football episode. Seven dudes with massive upside getting picked in the later rounds. Y'all know what we got to do next. Tuck your shirt in. Stop yelling, let us eat. First dude up on this list, and I took the conglomerate of multiple ADPs across the industry, some paid, some non-paid, no like real shitty platform, though, just to get a real sense of where these guys are going, depending on whatever draft you're going to be in. Maybe not the highest of stakes, but this is, again, a mishmash of ADPs from all around the industry to get an accurate picture where these guys are going. First up on this list is Alan Lazard, Green Bay Packers wide receiver, currently going off the board as the wide receiver 45, 110th overall. If you want to use the same case for Christian Watson, if you're in love with that dude, go for it. I suppose you could, but we've already seen one do good things on an NFL field. We already have one being praised by Aaron Rodgers. We've seen one do the thing on the field with Aaron Rodgers already, okay? Aaron Rodgers just called him the wide receiver one. He's saying he's doing his dirty work for the last few years. Now he has the chance to be the guy in this offense. Alan Lazard is kind of a baller on his own, right? You talk about size and speed, 6'3", 225, 88th percentile speed score. The burst score is there too. And wide receivers with Aaron Rodgers in fantasy just end up being ballers by default. I went back to 2010, and if you just look at the top wide receivers on Green Bay over that time frame, I know a lot of them are just incredible wide receivers. Devontae Adams probably going to do that regardless of where he goes, but I think it's just worth noting. It's like the worst finish was Randall Cobb in 2015 as the wide receiver 27. Outside of that, over the last, what is that, 11 or 12 years, there hasn't been anyone worse than that other than the wide receiver 15. So it's a top 15 wide receiver in like 11 out of the 12 years. And you even look at a bunch of the years where the wide receiver two in the offense was fucking awesome too. Bunch of top 10 finishes, bunch of top 15 finishes. It's just a pure upside play here where there's no actual proven wide receiver one. Lazard seems like he's on the train track to be that guy. He's got a ticket. He's on it. He just can't get too drunk and get thrown off the train. It's also a small sample size, but we have a few games with Devontae Adams not playing over the last three years. So we have a four-game sample size when Adams is not on the field that Lazard was. You could see the splits are there. Five and a half targets, 74 receiving yards, half a touchdown per game, nearly 15 PPR fantasy points per game when Adams is not on the field. And we know they've got no real pass catchers there now. Lazard is just so worth the draft price when you weigh the pros and cons of, of what this offense can be and what it doesn't have right now. Next up on this list, we got a run and bike out in Seattle. Rashad Penny, not Kenneth Walker. Rashad Penny. Kenneth Walker fits into that if Rashad Penny gets hurt role. Rashad Penny does not need someone to get hurt in order for him to be the starter. He's already the starter. Going off the board as RB 36th, 115th overall. Listen, Penny's not a guy that I'm naturally too excited about, right? I've usually got to take some pills to get going when it comes to Penny. But we can finally say that the upside is real for Rashad Penny, right? For a while, it was theoretical. Everyone liked Penny back in the day as a rookie coming out of college because his athleticism was there and the size was there. But for like four years, people were just saying, Penny has so much upside. Penny has so much upside, he just can't stay healthy. We never... It was all theoretical. Like we never saw him. He literally couldn't play more than four snaps at a time, four plays in a row for us to get an actual sample size. And now we've got a beautiful sample size of four games in a row. We got spoiled. All right, it was more than four games, it was five games, whatever, but they were league-winning games. He was the single best fantasy running back over the last five weeks of the season, and they held on to him for so long despite all the injuries and the downside of him because they believed that they had that player in Rashad Penny when they drafted him and still had him later on into his career, which he proved them right. When you prove someone right about something that everybody's telling you you're wrong on, it gives you that much more incentive to keep going with it. And again, this video is about upside, not downside, right? Penny has plenty of it if you had a penny for every time that this man limped off the field you could buy his ass a prosthetic leg now it's hard to imagine i'll admit it's hard to imagine a lot of upside from a running back in an offense led by geno smith but it's penny's job to lose by the end of the season and the this the sus behavior by the fantasy industry right now is having rashad penny go off the board like 25 30 picks after kenneth walker give me that gap all day And give me Damian Pierce out of Houston all day and tomorrow into the fucking stratosphere. Going off the board right now at running back 41-137. Some of y'all might not have been in the dynasty or rookie game, but we talked about Damian Pierce, this kid out of the University of Florida, a whole lot this offseason. He was my RB3 as a rookie throughout the rookie process. I am obsessed with this kid. He never... Got to see the the featured workload while at florida but if you look at every individual metric just as a pure running back he was phenomenal and we're actually going to go head over to our website to bite that up again our draft guide is on bdge.co you can get access to it right here on the product page by on the rookie draft guide the combo package the redraft guide or through signing up on prospects with our code. But if you go to the rookie draft guide, we've got every player. We've got all the rookies by round, by position, etc. Let's go to the running backs. We can go to Damian Pierce's profile. And if we go to on our nerd sheesh, we'll see what that means. The second side to the coin, we dive into this prospect's college production and analytics to make sure the numbers add up to what we saw on film. So, you know, we do write-ups in-depth, write-ups on like every aspect of the rookie. Um, but for Pierce, we went into the numbers here, right? And we could just see down here, right? We'll, we'll zoom in a little bit. Out of 170 qualified NCAA running backs in 2022, Pierce ranked number one overall in rushing grade, number two overall in missed tackles forced rate, behind only Bijan B. God Robinson. Number 33 in breakaway runs. Again, out of 170, that's like top 20th percentile. 34th in yards after contact per attempt on third downs. And this is where I think he really separates himself and give, and gives you that upside towards the end of the year. Number four in route running grade. Uh, number 11 in yards per route run. Number 15 in pass blocking grade. That's something that a lot of rookies do not typically pop off on. So those third down success rates tell me that he's got the upside to stay on the field the entire time. Now, he's in a messy place to succeed. I mean, he's realistically, he's he's battling a bunch of scrubs. Like, Marlon Mack is fine. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. time. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See home club for details. Marlon Mack was fine pre-Achilles tear. Now we don't even know what he is. So it's like Marlon Mack, Rex Burkhead, Royce Freeman. It's all dudes that have tried and tried and tried again, and they keep picking themselves back up. So shout out to them, but I'm going to shout you off the field right now because it's time for Damian Pierce to take over. This is very clearly one of those situations, similar to like why I don't like Kenneth Walker, is the same case being made for Damian Pierce but he's going like 70 picks later. The reason I like Kenneth Walker is because we always see this non first round rookie running backs. Don't, get significant enough play time to be impact fantasy players until like week 8, 10, 12 into their rookie year. And I can imagine that being the, pay, the case for Pierce. I feel like that is a very clear, you know, case study, but you're getting him in like the 12th, 13th round, as opposed to all those other guys, the second, third round guys that get hyped up that you have to take in the fifth, sixth, seventh round. So I think by like week 9, 10, Pierce is going to be a really, really solid flex play. And I'm going to, I'm going to own him everywhere this year. Next up on this list, Mr. wait, 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 wait. Before we do that, do the YouTube thing, you know, the thing where you hit the button that looks like this. Make sure you subscribe to the channel if you are new here and uh, and drop a comment with some, some later round sleepers or some guys going in the later rounds of drafts you think have massive upside like Trey Lance right now, the quarterback 13. This one is so obvious. Anyone um, with this guy's weapons, even if he's not a great passer, all he's got to do is dump off to... To the weapons group that he has and Debo or George Kittle and every time he completes a pass he's getting an extra 10 yards of passing yardage statistics on top of it like literally Debo Samuel averaged over 10 yards after the catch per reception last year Lance played two and a half games last year he ran the ball 31 times in full three games that's paced out the 37 rush attempts in three games that's over 12 rush attempts per game The floor is so high. And the ceiling, I mean, if he's just a good quarterback in this offense, in this system with these weapons, the ceiling's ridiculous. It could be like a Cam Newton year. It could be Colin Kaepernick in his very prime. Just think of the goal line packages that this man, Shanahan, is going to scheme up for Trey Lance, man. I love this kid. I also love Kadarius Toney, the wide receiver out of New York. Currently going off the board as wide receiver 48, 114th overall. Listen, I'm going down with the ship on Tony. He breaks his ankle, I'm breaking mine. He goes to jail, I'm committing a felony and we're getting fucking bunked up, okay? I'm in on Kadarius Tony like I've never been in on someone before outside of like 10 other dudes over the last couple of years, but you get the point. Kadarius Tony at one point last year had a 189 yard receiving game as a rookie. I went back and look, since the year 2000, this is the list of 10 guys, well, I guess nine guys if you take Kadarius Tony off that list, that have had a rookie receiving game over 185 yards, at 185 or over. Jamar Chase, Justin Blackman, Anquan Bolden, Mike Evans, Ron Gardner, Jamar Chase, Juju, Kadarius Toney, Keelan Cole, Odell Beckham. Of course, there are a couple misses there, but for the most part, you have excellent fucking players, and a lot of the numbers back up that Kadarius Tony was an excellent player, right? You can have the one spike week, but that does not account for consistency. However, his target rate in terms of targets that he received per route run, right? He didn't play the full year. He played like nine games. So he wasn't able to stay on the field. When he was, he had a 28.9% target rate, which was the seventh highest rate in the NFL among all wide receivers. And it should come as no surprise, his evaded tackles per reception ranked numero uno. The dude is just straight electricity plugged into an outlet when this kid is on the fucking field. His win rate versus man coverage routes, 18th in the NFL. He's got it going on, man. We just need to put it together. Again, this is high upside video, which is why I also like Albert O, tight end for the Denver Broncos, 147th pick overall, tight end 15. He is simply too athletic not to be listed here. And now you pair him with Russell Wilson. And I agree, it's going to be hard to stay fed in an offense with so many good pass catching weapons, but I'll let my homie Sal Vetri riff for a little while on Albert O. I'll just read it off for those that are listening via podcast. Make sure you rate and review the podcast, please. We're like three reviews away from 700. Let's get us in that fucking Barry Bonds range. Alberto is the number one tight end winner of the offseason. Two major reasons why. Russell Wilson's a Bronco, Noah Fant traded to Seattle. Albert O is a top 1% athlete of all time, sure. And he started two games without Noah Fan. He earned 13 targets on a 47% target rate. Let's put that into perspective for you. DeMonte Adams led the NFL with a 35% target rate. In those two games, Albert o was at 47%. In 2021, Albert O finished top five in target rate, points per route, and yards per route. And he was number one in yards after the catch per route, people. This dude's a baller, he's athletic, and now he has a great fucking quarterback behind him. Now, it could be a situation like Noah Fant where you couldn't really reasonably project him to catch more than three or four passes per game. Very much in the range of outcomes, we just need a big play. But when you have guys like that in this position and with this skill set, what you want to do is just start putting on bets with really good offenses and really good quarterbacks because that means they're in the red zone often. And a lot of tight ends succeed by just catching a lot of touchdowns, but he could do it all. He can make plays after the catch. He can make big plays. He could do He could do a lot. And now this offense is going to give him the opportunity to score a lot as well. That won't be the case for Evan Ingram in Jacksonville. But I'm kind of in on him this year, man. Tight end 23, 175. You're not even really wasting a pick on him. And I can't believe we're here, man. I've been off Evan Ingram for like four years in a row now, um, which is not like a cool take to have. But I'll tell you what, kind of bike. Kind of bike. We did see T. Law lean very heavily on the tight ends last year, man. Like Dan Arnold came over to Jacksonville and, He was there for like eight seconds and was getting eight targets a game. It's a nice ratio. Every second you were there, you were getting a target for it. Dan Arnold was a really big factor in that offense. And I was listening to a really good podcast the other day with um, probably the most prolific. I don't know if that's the right word, but definitely the most like relevant and, you know, normal headed beat reporter. Over there in Jacksonville, his name's John Shipley. and I've listened to a couple of things and I read a couple of pieces that he's been coming out with. But he's talking about how Evan Ingram is doing really, really well at camp. He's surprising a lot of people with not only like his playmaking abilities, athleticism, but like his work ethic and really wanting to break out. He turned down a two-year deal because he wanted to bet on bet on himself. So you bet he put that fucking work in this offseason. Regardless, though, so, you know, I don't know. There's probably nothing I could I could say to you right now. Sit here and you're just not sitting behind your screen telling me to shut my mouth. I get it. I get it. Whatever. I like talking into fucking walls anyway. Anyways, the best way to express myself. Ingram, take him. Evan Ingram, you know what to do. You know what you are. Evan Ingram, take him in fantasy. Take him in fantasy. Those are seven players with massive upside that you can get very late in your drafts. It was Alan Lazard. It was Rashad Penny, Damian Pierce, Trey Lance, Kadarius Tony, Albert O, Evan Ingram. A little smorgasbord of all the different positions that will set you up beautifully for your fantasy draft, but will set you up even more beautifully is our draft guide, bdg.co. But best way to do so prizepicks.com or from the app store use promo code bdge when you deposit ten dollars or more so you're getting it for cheaper plus you get that money to play with it'll have all of our big board our season-long rankings our must draft players our top bus players the all fade list all that kind of shit and more all right that's it for today hit the thumbs up if you enjoyed subscribe to the channel if you're new go watch our videos from last week that will be also helpful probably not but maybe maybe you'll enjoy them i love you i'm out of here